episode of the Park to Park podcast, where we compare theme park offerings from coast to coast. We don't always see eye to eye, but in the end, we try. I am CJ, and once again, I have Allie with me. Allie, how are you doing on this Friday evening? Hi, CJ. I am doing phenomenal on this Friday evening. How are you? I'm doing well. Went for a little run, ready for the weekend, and... Yeah, just another day here in Orlando. What are we talking about, CJ? We are, well, I hope you have your passport because we are going on a journey. It's in the filing cabinet. Should I get it? You know, maybe you should because we are going on Sword Around the World, Sword Over California, and Avatar Flight of Passage. Do Is there like a special passport stamp for the Avatar one? Because I feel like that's off planet somehow. <laughs> I think we might be getting there. With okay. space tourism. <laughs> Star tours. Anyways, let's talk about our favorite things about each of these rides. Allie, let's talk about Soarin' Over California. And you don't have to specify it to the Disneyland version or the Epcot version, just the film Soarin' Over California. What's your favorite part of that? Uh, I really like the smells. The orange groves and the pine trees and... It's not officially stated, but I, I feel like you can just feel the ocean and smell the ocean breeze at some points, too. Yeah, yeah. My favorite part is I like that, you know, when it first opened, it was a really unique ride experience. I feel like people hadn't seen anything like it before. It's just one of those, you know, it's one thing to build a ride that's on a track and you're looking at stuff or to build a roller coaster. But this just felt so new and so different. And mm -hmm. I still kind of get that feeling when I go on the ride. Also, in the California version, I like, I don't know if they've updated the ending of Sword Over California, but in the original version, it was like pre-refurbished Tomorrowland, I guess, and you can see the rocket rod sign, so I really <laughs> like that part. <laughs> I've never noticed that. Yeah, you have to look off to the right when you're like flying down Main Street. I'll look for that next time I get a chance to go on Soarin' Over California, which yeah. I have no idea when that'll be, but I'll look for it. And honestly, I don't know since they filmed World if they refilmed the ending to California, but I know like back in the day in the original one, you could still see like Rocket Rod neon sign on the right side. <laughs> That's Anyways, strong. how about Soarin' Around the World? What's your favorite part of that ride? I like that they kept Patrick your chief flight attendant. Yeah, and for me, I like that the music is similar enough to the original. It kind of pays tribute to that, and I just really enjoy that. And for Flight of Passage, what is your favorite thing about that ride? I really like the ride vehicle and the experience of being on that ride vehicle while riding that ride. And I'm trying to be as non-specific as possible just in case... <laughs> It's, you know, it's still a new ride, so if people haven't been on it yet and they don't want to get those little spoilers, yeah, ride vehicle. <laughs> yeah. For me, it felt like a step up for Disney rides, and that still holds true, in my opinion. It just feels so different and so unique, so I really enjoy that. You know, both for Soarin' and Flight of Passage, I feel like Imagineers, like, pushed the boundaries on what they normally do, and it was it's really exciting to see them do stuff like that instead of building just like a dark ride or a roller coaster or something. So yeah. I like that flight of passage continues that tradition for Imagineering. All right, let's talk about opening dates. Allie, you're going to be talking about Soarin' over California slash world at DCA. 
Yep. So Soarin' Over California at DCA opened on February 8th, 2001. We have an opening day attraction! Um, and it officially closed on June 16th, 2016. Uh, but it has made a couple of comebacks. So its first return was from May 31st, 2019 to August 31st, 2019. This was originally only going to be a month long, but it was so popular that Disney said, okay, we'll, we'll extend it to the end of summer. I have a uh, conspiracy theory about that. Okay. <laughs> that was the same year that um, Galaxy's Edge opened at Disneyland. It was. And remember, attendance was, like, lower than expected that summer. Remember? No. <laughs> okay, well, it was. <laughs> like, it just, they expected, like, crowds and crowds and crowds of people, and it just didn't really happen. And so part of me thinks that they extended it to try to get people to buy tickets to go on Soarin' Over California. Like, oh, it's extended. We better go see it before it goes away forever. You know, kind of one of those things. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. Yeah. But it was not to go away forever after August 31st, 2019. Its second return was, uh, unfortunately, so the first return was extended and the second return was cut short, like everything else, because it was <laughs> from February 28th, 2020 to March 13th, 2020. Everything got cut short as of March 13th, 2020. Yes. <laughs> But it did make another triumphant return March 4th, 2022 through April 26th, 2022. And it came back again this year, uh, March 3rd, 2023 to April 25th, 2023. And the Disneyland website has promised it will return for the 2024 Food and Wine Festival at California Adventure as well. Yeah, so lately it's been coming back for the Food and Wine Festival, which is something I really love about DCA. Their Food and Wine Festival, you know, Epcot has like the International Food and Wine Festival. But DCA, theirs really celebrates California food. Like you'll find like an avocado themed booth or something like that, um, and, like a citrus themed booth. And so I like that they bring back the Soarin' Over California version to like ramp up the fact that the Food and Wine Festival celebrates California. That's so great. And you know what? I didn't know that Soarin' Over California was back because this is like right when I was there earlier this year. And had I known, I probably would have done a second oh, day no. and gone to California oh, no. Adventure. <laughs> Allie! <laughs> That's fine. I just have Is to go back all? another time. Yeah, you do have to go back another time, I guess. Yeah. So what oh, about no. what about Soarin' Around the World? When when did that open at DCA? So Soarin' Around the World opened at DCA on June 17th, 2016. So it was the day after Soarin' Over California ended. There was no downtime. Yeah. So at Epcot... Um, Soren, it's, it's just called Soren at Epcot. They never, even though they have the California video and now they have the around the world video, they never, um, called it Soren over California. It's always just been Soren. So Soren at Epcot opened May 5th, 2005. Do you know the significance of that date? I mean, it's a whole bunch of fives. Okay. Um, I'll give you a hint. 2005 was the what anniversary of Disneyland? 50th. Yes, so May had 5th. had to do the math there. <laughs> May 5th, 2005 was the day that Disneyland kicked off its 50th anniversary, you know, celebrating the whole summer and the rest of the year or whatever. So the story goes that they were bringing, like, Disneyland slash California-themed stuff to the other parks around the world. So that's why it opened May 5th, 2005 at Epcot. Okay. Yeah. Fun story. Yeah. And it closed January 4th, 2016. 
um, with Soar Around the World opening officially June 17th, 2016. Why the big gap? Okay, I'll explain this. This is kind of weird. So they um, did a refurbishment from January 4th, 2016 to like May 27th, 2016, something like that, um, to bring in a third theater. Okay. And then, so they had Soarin' California version for like two and a half weeks, and then they opened Soarin' Around the World. Yeah. All right. Strange decisions by Disney, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then Flight of Passage at Animal Kingdom opened May 27th, 2017. Shall we do some fun facts, history, and trivia as Allie is yawning over there? Yeah, look, I have had, I had a very late <laughs> night last night, and I've had a very long day today. So, but yes, let's do the fun facts, history, and trivia, starting with Soarin' Over California. So, it stars Patrick Warburton as your chief flight attendant. Uh, always has, always will. Hopefully, always will. We better yeah, knock on wood knock for on that. Wood. <laughs> uh, in the PGA scene, Michael Eisner hits the golf ball, which does, in fact, have a hidden Mickey on it. I have seen it several times. Soarin' Over California was considered the world's first flying theater. Hmm. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, the original name for this attraction was Ultra Flight, and you can allegedly still see this name on tower consoles on the DCA version of the ride. Do they mean, like, consoles outside the ride or in the queue, or do you think you, it means, like, when you're on the ride and you see the cast member off to the left or right in their little operation booth thingy. So my my thought on this was the cast member operation console booth, like, in ride. But okay. I have no idea. Um, okay. I pulled this fact from Wikipedia. So Well, you'll be there in not that long, so you'll have yeah. to report back. Yeah, I will add a note in my phone to look at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like four months from now it'll be fine yeah. um anyways so the original plan for this ride um there were going to be three separate levels of boarding and the whole system was going to operate much like dry cleaners racks would operate <laughs> that kind of um, sounds fun <laughs> it does kind of sound fun but you know what it also sounds like it sounds like it's cost prohibitive so, fortunately, engineer Mark Sumner figured out the new and improved way to do it, um, and he solves this problem using an erector set and some string. And that's that saved Disney a whole bunch of money and gave us the beauty that is Soarin' Over California. I missed the opportunity to say these little beauties. Um, <laughs> so, originally, the ride had IMAX systems, but it now uses a laser-illuminated digital projection array. Try saying that even two times fast. That's a lot of words. <laughs> the film crew had to get special permission from the Department of Interior to film over Yosemite because that is protected airspace. The Monterey and Point Lobo scenes were also difficult to get permission to film because it's considered a marine sanctuary and they didn't want to, weren't supposed to, disturb the protected wildlife. So one of the boats during that sequence is from NOAA, NOAA. Not like NOAA Ark, but NOAA, NOAA. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, and they're keeping an eye on the animals during the filming. Okay, so some of these facts that I'm going to share apply to both California Adventure and Epcot. Um, the DCA costumes over in California, they're 
they look like airfield crew uniforms because of the land in which the mine takes place. And in Epcot, they look like flight attendant uniforms. And I actually really like their costumes at Epcot. I think they're really cool. Um, so like I said earlier, uh, originally the Epcot version had two theaters and it went down in January 2016, reopened May 27th with three theaters. So they increased their capacity by 50%, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it showed um, Soren over California for just a few weeks before Soren around the world opened. The flight number is uh, flight 5505 over at Epcot, which is a nod to its opening date. And filming for the around the world version involved five different IMAX cameras set up in a rig. And after filming, an algorithm combined all those um, five images into a single shot. Wait, they actually filmed stuff for around the world? I thought it was all <laughs> CGI. Allie, hold back a little bit. I will not. <laughs> And then some miscellaneous fun facts about the Frozen, I'm sorry, Frozen, about the Soarin' like, franchise, I guess. Uh, Shanghai Disneyland has their own version called Soaring Over the Horizon, and Tokyo Disney Sea also has their own version called Soaring Fantastic Flight. Not going to get too much into it, but it's, you know, the same concept, but a different setting, and the film is very similar, just some slight differences here and there. Mm-hmm. All right, and then Flight of Passage. Flight of Passage got second place in the 2017 Golden Ticket Awards for Best New Ride. In case you're curious, the number one that year was Mystic Timbers at Kings Island. It won the 2018 Visual Effects Society Award for Outstanding Visual Effects in a Special Venue Project. The film is 100% original, and according to Ali, it's canon to the Avatar film series. <laughs> I well, have not seen I Avatar, ever, so I haven't either. But I think I think Louie told me it's canon. I don't know. Somebody told me it's canon. So okay, well we can blame Louie. We can blame Louie if that's an incorrect fact. Okay. <laughs> um, James Cameron was involved in the project from the get-go um, when work began back in 2012. There were warning cards about motion sickness, ride restraints, and fear of heights that were added in 2018 after four incidents. But those have since been replaced with a pre-recorded verbal message that plays in the queue room immediately before the ride. So, yeah. I have no information on what those incidents were. <laughs> I don't either, but I wouldn't be surprised if people flipped out, you know? Yeah. Uh, they got make motion it, they sickness, make it, got scared, couldn't right. fit in the ride restraints. They make sort of it very clear on Soren, like if your party has a fear of flying or of heights, you may want to wait for your party at the arrival gate versus I yep. feel like in flight pass it and they like show you getting on the ride vehicle, the row and like flying up in the air. So like yeah. they show your feet leaving the ground and it's not so obvious what happens on flight of passage. So I can see that taking people by surprise. Yeah. I feel like it's better to not show it for flight of passage because it is so unique that it's yeah. like you don't want the surprise to be spoiled if it's your first time right that makes sense all right let's talk about location and land so at dca you can find soren in grizzly peak which is formerly condor flats uh when you go into the park you make the first right that is not directly into a shop or a restaurant I really, this is a side note, I really like Grizzly Peak, Condor Flats, like, I think back to it, and it was so barren. Yeah, you know? Grizzly Peak feels more, like, redwoody, and Condor Flats felt very concrete. Like Edwards Air Force Base. 
<laughs> out in Riverside County, I think. That's what it reminded me of, and maybe that's what they're going for. But if you haven't, listen, if you're relatively new to going to Disneyland or DCA, and you don't know what Condor Flats looked like, you should go look at it because it's kind of the epitome of DCA 1.0, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Soren at Epcot is in the Land Pavilion on the lower level inside on the left side by the exit of Living with the Land. It took over the space that was Food Rocks. And then Flight of Passage is in Pandora, the world of Avatar in Animal Kingdom. And it's tucked in the back, like middle-ish of the land. All right, let's get into the queue and the exterior. At California Adventure. <laughs> hey. What? You, you made a trumpet noise as soon as I started speaking. <laughs> okay, let me trumpet you into this section. Um, queue and exterior. Ba -ba -ba -da! Go. Thanks, CJ. Uh, so at California Adventure, <laughs> the queue is outdoor and mostly covered switchbacks, but they t it takes you into a building that is kind of like an airplane hangar and it feels like you're going into an aviation museum. You've got like the pictures on the walls with cap informative captions. And when you're inside the building, you're just like slowly, gradually walking down a ramp. Um, so you get into the building and then you meet the cast member who tells you left or right and you keep go you go left or right and you go down the ramp again, even farther, and then that's where they sort you into ABC one two three, left or right yes. theater. B one for life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pro tip: ask for B one. Um, okay, so at Epcot, it's completely inside; nothing is outside, um, so it's air conditioned, obviously. And there's a bathroom right next to the entrance for the ride, so go to the bathroom if it's a long wait. Uh, you enter the queue and you walk down a really long carpeted ramp under a sign pointing towards all concourses. You'll see video screens with trivia questions and you can play along on your phone, which I have never done. The building then opens up a bit and like it's still inside, but it's just wider. And you see like giant screens to show the stuff for the trivia. And it's got this curved roof and it's supposed to look like an airport terminal basically. So then you take a turn towards the lightning lane and stand by merge point and you see these like blue LED curved lights on the wall and then overhead there's these white cloud like lights, which I think is pretty cool. I think that's nice theme. And then you're directed to terminal A, B or C and then you head down the ramp to the loading zone for A123, B123 or C123. And then for Flight of Passage, it's mixed outdoor indoor queue. It's mostly indoor, but the outdoor portion can be pretty long depending on how you time it. So, you know, if it's supposed to rain that day and you're planning on going on Flight of Passage, like make sure you got your rain gear ready to go. Uh, this comes from a place of me waiting in a line outside uh, in the pouring rain with our ponchos on. So, <laughs> all right. So the, the setting for this is within the remains of a former resources development administration facility. And basically you're going into the ACE lab where guests are linked to an avatar and fly aboard a banshee. So the outdoor portion winds through the jungles and waterfalls of the Valley of Moara. And this is a really cool opportunity to get some awesome pictures. Um, so if you want to let people in line pass you while you take pictures, feel free. Then you head inside and you go through a lot of different scene, 
Um, the first one you see is a cave um, behind a wa the waterfall. You're like winding through the cave. And then you go into a bunker-like setting behind an airlocked door that's sitting there open. And right there, there's a bathroom in the queue. It's a, it's a long queue, if I have not made that clear. <laughs> and then you go into a glowing hallway with Pandora and Flora. Uh, then you get into the lab section where you see some experiments going on. And there's a lot of detail in here. And if you're doing Lightning Lane, you don't see a lot of that. So if you're interested in seeing that, I would go first thing in the morning, like rope drop it, or wait until the very end of the night for lower weights. Finally, you get to a cast member who assigns you into a line and then you go on to the pre-show and the pre-show links you to your avatar so you can, uh, fly. <laughs> Let's move on to music in the area and the queue. So Soren over California, and I'm not sure if this is applicable for Soren around the world at California Adventure, but you've got inspirational music from aviation related films. Patton, MacArthur, Air Force One, The Blue Max, Explorers, The American President, Dragonheart, Dragon, The Bruce Lee Story, Angels in the Outfield, The Last Starfighter, Apollo 13, The Rocketeer, Always, Band of Brothers, which is a miniseries, not a movie, and The Air Force Song and Jupiter from Gustav Holst's original or Gustav Holst's orchestral suite, The Planets, um, those were in the movie The Right Stuff. That's a lot yeah. of, a lot of different <laughs> options there. So I went on Spotify a long time ago and just looked up Disney playlists and a whole bunch of music from this movie. Like I just added it to my like songs and it comes up occasionally and I'm like, oh, this is from Soren. <laughs> so anyways, um, at Epcot, it's not like that really. Um, it's kind of just some light instrumental music in the background um, until right before you get to the pre-show area where then you hear the Soren soundtrack. Um, that you hear on the ride. So, and then for Flight of Passage, there really isn't music. It's mostly like animal sound effects from Pandora. So, All right. yeah. And like rushing waterfall noises. Yeah. Much like the rest of Animal Kingdom. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk about the ride vehicles. Go for it, Allie. California Adventure has two theaters. Um, and... <laughs> I'm sorry, it says each vehicle has three rows of seats with a capacity of 87 guests, but I think... Yeah, think okay. about, like... So, hold on, hold like on. Like, A, B, C. Yeah, each, each like, section A, section B, section C is, like, the vehicle. So there are three vehicles per theater. So, three rows of seats in the front row, three rows of seats in the middle row, three rows of seats in the back row. And, um... The part that nine I got confused, rows total. Nine rows total. But the part that I got confused on these notes is that each vehicle has three rows of seats with a capacity of 87 guests. Total vehicle, capacity. Yeah, the vehicle does not contain 87 <laughs> guests. The entire theater has 87 guests. So I got, my brain got a little wonky there. I haven't had dinner yet. It's fine. Um, anyways, there is a cantilever system that lifts, lifts the rows forward to the screen. Alpha carries 27 riders, Bravo carries 33, and Charlie carries 27. Sword is exactly the same, but there's three theaters instead of two. And Flight of Passage, you're not on a vehicle, you're riding a banshee. Duh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> basically, there's three rows with 16 riders per row. Yeah, and Wikipedia called it a link chair. 
And before we move on from this, um, we need to to talk about the ride vehicles at Flight of Passage a little bit more. Yeah. And we need to talk about accessibility on these. Yes. So for Soren, you just sit there and you pull the lap bar across your lap belt across your lap. Buckle your seatbelt. Yeah. Yes. On Flight of Passage, you are basically boarding a motorcycle and a cast member comes to you and pushes the thing down on your back to hold you in place. Oh, and you have 3D glasses too. So Hmm. forgot about that part. Um, the thing with the thing with flight of passage is that if you are a little thick, you may have some difficulties getting into this ride. It is not size inclusive. Also as a parent, you're not like you're next to your kid, but you're not like, it's not like Soren where you're sitting right next to them and you buckle them in. Like they have to be able to sit on their own. Um, you're not going to be able to reach out and really hold their hand or anything. So I think, you know, I don't have any proof of this, but I think maybe that's why this one has a higher height requirement, which we'll get into in a little bit because it takes some level of maturity to be able to sit there on your own and not flip out or whatever. I I also think that has to do with the restraints. If you're too small, Mm -hmm. The restraints aren't going to work properly. So Right. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Let's talk about the on-ride music. Soarin' over California. Um, Jerry Goldsmith did the score for this. Uh, when he rode the ride for the first time without any music, he absolutely was moved to tears. He thought it was the most beautiful thing he'd ever seen. Um, so he wrote a serene theme for horns and strings and the grandest vistas include some triumphant fanfare. Yeah. Uh, the, the music from the original version, you can still hear it in the Esplanade at Disneyland and in the Epcot entrance plaza. I don't know if that's still true for the Epcot entrance plaza because they updated the music like a year ago. Okay. You may or may not be able to hear it at the Epcot entrance yeah. plaza. Somebody yeah. sit there for 12 hours and report back, okay? <laughs> um, so at uh, Soaring Around the World, it's a new score by Bruce Broughton, who has done a lot of music for Disney as well as outside of Disney, and it's heavily based on the original score. Goldsmith passed away in 2004, so that's why they did not bring him in for the new one, obviously. Hard to do it when you're dead. Yeah. And then Flight of Music, uh, Flight of Passage, the music is by James Horner and Simon Franklin. So let's talk about the um, general storyline and route. Allie, take us through Soarin' Over California. So for both Soarin' versions, uh, the ride vehicles will travel up into the air around a curved 180 degree screen dome. The original Soarin' Over California, the film is four minutes and 51 seconds. And it is a simulated hang glider tour of California. Appropriate scents fill the air as ride vehicles move gently to simulate the sensations of flight. Uh, in addition to the various landscapes, you can you get highlights of recreation in the state, such as skiing, river rafting, kayaking, golf, horseback riding, hot air ballooning, surfing, and hang gliding. So, and soaring over California, you will visit the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. Redwood Creek in Humboldt County, where you can smell the redwoods, Napa Valley, Monterey Bay, Lake Tahoe, and Heavenly Mountain Resort, Yosemite Falls at Half Dome, the PGA West Palmer Course in La Quinta, which is credited in the queue as Palm Springs, Valencia Orange Groves over unincorporated Ventura County, which is credited as Camarillo, and you know, it feels like you're there because you can smell those oranges. 
You have Anza Borrego Desert State Park, the USS John C. Stennis at Naval Air Station North Island in San Diego, the beaches of Malibu, downtown Los Angeles, and culminating in the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim. The Soarin' Over the World is about like just under five minutes. This one uses a lot of CGI, so <laughs> you'll notice if you've been on it, you will definitely notice the CGI. So the first place you go is the Matterhorn, like the actual real Matterhorn, not the ride, in Switzerland and Italy. Then you go to Greenland, then Port Jackson in Sydney, Australia, then Neuschwanstein Castle in Bavaria, Germany, which is the castle that Sleeping Beauty Castle is based off of. Then you go to Kilimanjaro National Park in Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania, um, where you smell a grass scent. Then you go to the Great Wall of China in China, which is cut in the Shanghai Disneyland version. The Great Pyramids in Egypt, then the Taj Mahal in India, where you can smell lovely flowers. Then you go to Monument Valley in Arizona, and then you go to the Lao Islands in Fiji, where you get a really nice ocean scent. Then you go to Iguazu Falls in Brazil and Argentina. And then the Eiffel Tower in Paris, um, that's in the Shanghai Disneyland version, DCA and Epcot version. In Tokyo Disney Sea, you go to Tokyo Tower instead of the Eiffel Tower. And then we get to the final ending scene. Um, it's different for each location. First of all, the Shanghai Disneyland version flies over Shanghai. The Disneyland version flies over Disneyland. The Epcot version flies over Epcot. And the Tokyo Disney Sea version flies over Tokyo Disney Sea. What a shocker. <laughs> so I have so, I have a hypothetical yes. for you. Okay. So the twelfth location, the Eiffel Tower in Paris. If this ride ever comes to Disneyland Paris, do you think they will keep the Eiffel Tower or do you think they will do something different? I think they'd keep it. The, yeah, okay. No, Fair wait. Point. Wait, the, the French are very proud of being French. So <laughs> maybe it would fly over the Eiffel Tower that's on the Las Vegas Strip. That would be so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> I just want to see what the Parisians' reaction would be to that. I think it would be it would be interesting if they flew over the Statue of Liberty. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Since they gave it to the United States, that would be yeah. cool. I would hmm. I would like that. But again, I would, I'd be okay with that too. Yes. Okay. Let's move on to Flight of Passage, which is a totally different storyline. <laughs> Basically, the human. Okay. First of all, it lasts about four and a half minutes. The humans and Navi are attempting to restore the Banshee population at natural levels after the mining tactics caused by the Resources Development Administration's generations prior. The Alpha Centauri Expeditions Group um, has reactivated the Avatar program through the Pandora Conservation Initiative as a method of conducting research and basically allows us, the guests, the writers, to link with an avatar to fly on an, an Ikran, which we call Banshee. Um, and we partake in the Navi's tribal coming of age tradition. And throughout the journey, you see like all sorts of Pandoran sites. You go into caves, you like ride or you fly alongside animals, you go towards the ocean, a lot of different scenes and it's really very beautiful it okay. is let's talk about the exit queue uh soren at dca you go back up some ramps and out into the bright blinding sunlight and it is quite boring <laughs> uh soren at epcot you go out some long ramps all indoors uh past travel posters for destinations that you've seen on the ride and for Flight of Passage, depending on where you're at on the ride vehicle, you either go up or down a set of stairs and eventually outside into like the forest jungle area by the gift shop. 
And while you're exiting, look for handprints from three important people involved in this project. Is James Cameron one of them? Well, of course. Okay. You'll have to look at the others. Their initials are under it. Okay. Height requirements. Soren has a 40-inch height requirement, while Flight of Passage has a 44-inch height requirement. And for Soren, if you don't measure up to the indicator on the seat, use the special buckle through the middle. (laughs) (laughs) My son has to do that. (laughs) And um, Um, from from what I've heard, if you do measure up to the height indicator, whatever you do, do not put that belt through the special loop in the middle. Why? Uh, because it will squeeze parts of you that don't want to be squeezed. (laughs) That was a dumb question. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) Okay. Moving on. Um, fireworks status. So DCA doesn't have fireworks. It has world of color, but regardless, it's open. Epcot, the night, the nighttime fireworks show takes place right at park closing, but there's still guests on the ride. It makes no difference. And there's no fireworks in Animal Kingdom. So for Flight of Passage, that's irrelevant. But they are all open during the rain. Yeah, I mean, they're indoor rides. Yes. <laughs> uh, Soren at California Adventure and at Disney World do have Lightning Lane, regular Lightning Lane. Flight of Passage is on individual Lightning Lane as of the time of recording. Yep. Single rider. So single rider at DCA for Soren has come and gone, but as of today, it's listed as single rider eligible. And yep. at Epcot, like a few months ago, they were testing it. it. It like comes and goes. I don't know if they're still testing it or not. Um, and then Flight of Passage does not officially have single rider line, but if you are a single rider and you get to that, like a certain point in the queue, they'll start calling for single riders and you'll pass a good portion of people. So can confirm. <laughs> All right. With that, I think it's time for our final showdown. Do we see eye to eye? Does one ride rise and soar above the others? <laughs> so we are going to break this down into three separate um, showdowns here. First, we're going to do Soarin' Over California versus Soarin' Around the World. We're just looking at like the ride experience, not park versus park for this one. Yep. So, Allie, Soarin' Over California versus Soarin' Around the World. This is the easiest showdown that we have ever done. Soaring Over California is so superior to Soarin' Around the World. It's like, why did they use all the CGI in Soarin' Around the World? You're Disney. You have the money to do the filming. Like, it's not the real Taj Mahal. And it's very obvious that it, that is not the real Taj Mahal. And it drives me crazy every time. Soarin' Over California... Everything is real, except for maybe the golf ball, but I don't care. It's <laughs> <looks> real. Yes. <laughs> I'm just as passionate as you are about this. Soaring over California wins, hands down. It's not even like the CGI is bad, but it's like, why did you have to CGI a polar bear and a whale? Like, <laughs> Because all the polar bears are dying, CJ. <laughs> well, to me, it's like, I, I, like the whale and the kite transition. Like, I don't like the transitions. I don't think it needed to do that. Um, I liked in the original Soarin' Over California version how the transitions felt natural, mm-hmm. they weren't forced, and they were timed with the music. Like when the music kind of changed a little bit, that's when the scene cut. Yeah. And so I don't, I just don't get that like smooth feeling in Soarin' Around the World. Oh, I also, <laughs> I also think 
the scene the scenes feel shorter in Soaring Around the World than they do in Soaring Over California. Interesting. It's like the, they the, are about the same length and they have the same yeah. number of scenes. I'm just thinking like the one in Sydney, like the Sydney one in particular, like you're hardly there and then all of a sudden a plane is flying in front of you and you're cutting to a different scene. It's so, just not good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I just don't like it. So moving on, how about we talk about like Soarin' at DCA versus Soarin' at Epcot? Like where does it make more sense? What cue do you think is better, etc.? So I think land-wise, it makes more sense for where it is in California Adventure because Grizzly Peak is Grizzly Peak Airfield. Makes sense. You're doing a ride in the air. Uh, Epcot, it makes no sense because it's in the land. So why are you doing a ride that's in the air if it's the land? I mean, <laughs> I, okay, to, that's to, fair. An extent, to an extent, I get it. I think it makes wonderful sense to be in Epcot because it's got World Showcase, so it really fits the park as a whole thematically. I don't know where else I would put it, honestly, but <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, in terms of, I, I don't know. So I feel like, I feel like queue wise, I want the entrance queue of California Adventure with the exit queue of Epcot. Hmm. So for you, it sounds like the DCA version wins overall. Yeah, I think so, because the all it needs is a better execute, and I'm on board. Okay. I... I'm still really struggling, because, like, I see your point about, like, the why is it in the land if you're flying? Like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, you're not... I don't, I don't know. Maybe it would make more sense over by Test Track and Mission Space, and it could be, like... You know, you're driving, you're in a space shuttle, and on this ride, you're in a hang glider. Like, it's a third form of transportation. Like, to me, that makes sense. Um, so maybe if they moved it over there, Soren would win, like Epcot would win. Because I like, I actually don't mind the concourse-themed queue, and I think it's well executed from start to finish. And their costumes are really cool. <laughs> I really like their costumes. Um, uh, so, but now that they changed Soarin' Over California to Soarin' Around the World, it feels a little weird in DCA. Like, yes. they're trying to go with, like, the California aviation history angle, which I like because I'm a historian. But, like, thematically, it doesn't really make sense. But I do really like that, like, aviation museum that's inside. Uh, this is really hard. Yeah, it is. Why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> I think I'm actually going to go with Epcot for this one because I like the international destinations tying into Epcot. In okay. my perfect world, DCA would always have Soarin' Over California. Yes, and agreed. Epcot, and Epcot's version would move like to where Guardians is. <laughs> so I think this is just me spitballing, but I think the reason that it's over in the land is to have an e-ticket on that side of the park because there's not really yeah. another one over there. Excuse me, you do not defile living with the land like that. <laughs> it's, it's, okay, it's a wonderful ride, but it's not what would be considered an e-ticket. Yeah, 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 I know. It's not like thrilling like Soren is. Okay, yeah, I get that. That makes sense. All right. <laughs> The final thing we're going to do, because we got to throw a flight of passage here somewhere, we are going to rank Soarin' Over California versus Soarin' Around the World versus Flight of Passage, with number one being your favorite, two, second, three is the least favorite. So, Allie, go ahead and start us off. So, 
I am gonna give Soarin' Over California the edge over Flight of Passage. And the main reason that I'm doing this is because more people can ride Soarin' Over California. Okay. There's, there's not a size accessibility issue, and you can go on it if you're shorter. Where Flight of Passage, if you're, if you're curvy, it can be a problem. Um, even despite how cool the ride vehicles are. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, the Banshees, the Banshees. Um, <laughs> Flight of Passage does take a close second on my list, and I'm throwing Soren around the world in the trash where it belongs. Oh my gosh, that was harsh. Okay, I didn't think you were going to say that. Okay, my ranking is actually exactly the same as yours, but... The reason why Soarin' Over California is better than Flight of Passage for me doesn't really have anything to do with accessibility. It's the glasses on Flight of Passage. Like, the 3D doesn't, like, work all the time unless you're looking, like, straight on. Like, the glasses seem, like, kind of narrow. They're not as big as other okay. 3D attractions. And it just doesn't always work. And I think they could be a little more consistent about that. Um, and but yeah. I'll say if you're a guest who needs to wear glasses to see. Oh, yeah. And you've Good got luck. the, like... Like, I feel like these glasses that I'm wearing right now might be bigger than the yes. 3D glasses yes. on Flight of Passage. Yes. So yeah. that would be a problem. I don't need these for, like, vision, but that would be a problem. These are normal-sized yeah. glasses. They aren't, like, yeah. big bug-eye ones or anything. Right. right. I, think, <laughs> I think they could, like, improve the technology on that a little bit. Yeah, somewhere around the world is way at the bottom for me, for sure. Not so. in the trash, though. Not quite, because my son really likes it, so... Okay. But he yeah. doesn't know any better. He's, what, no. almost five. He doesn't know Soren over California. He... No, he will one day. Yeah. I will make sure of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do we have any final thoughts on Soren or Flight of Passage? Ride them if you can. It's worth it. Yeah. And if you're a world person who has never been on Soren over California, make sure to, to get over to DCA uh, during the Food and Wine Festival at some point to get on Soren over California so you can see how good it is because yeah. they haven't brought it back to world and I don't think that they will, unfortunately. So so I, I actually I have a question for you, CJ. Soren over California. We agree that it is phenomenal. Is there anything about the ride film that you would change or do differently? Or do you think it is 100% perfect as is? The downtown Los Angeles section needs to be refilmed because it's like, like the camera's like shaky. So I would love to see them refilm that. Otherwise, I think it's like pretty perfect as is. Okay. Would you want them to recapture the Disneyland part if they haven't already done so? No, because it's like such a specific moment in Disneyland history. And I believe the Christmas parade is going on. It is. Yeah, so I think that's cool. That's probably why I've never spotted Rocket Rods, because I'm always looking for Santa. Mm. You we, you can, in fact, see Santa yes, in the Disneyland scene. Yes, I've seen him, too. Yes. <laughs> All right. What would you change, if anything? Uh, you make a good point about the downtown LA scene. The one thing that's always bothered me about that specific scene is that it's sped up. So you can tell that, that it's rush hour traffic. But all the cars are still moving, like, really, really fast. But it's, Oh, like, I've never noticed that. Yeah, it's completely stopping co traffic. It's just sped up, like, 10x, so it looks like they're moving. Oh, interesting. I'll have to yeah. watch that. <laughs> and maybe maybe that's why it's kind of shaky-wobbly, because it's sped up so much. Maybe. I'm going to have to go on YouTube and watch the video. But 
That's a good ride all around. Like it's like a solid, like Disney knocked it out of the park on that ride. Thank you for joining us as we went on a trip around the world across California and to Avatar, the world of Pandora. Um, let us know what you think. If you think Soarin' Over California is trash or not. If you think Soarin' Around the World is trash or not. And what do you think about the inclusivity issues on Flight of Passage? You can send us an email at parktoparkpod at gmail.com. That's with the number two. You can follow us on Instagram. Uh, our handle is parktoparkpodcast. Uh, no, it's just Park to Park, park Pod. Park to Park Pod. Thank you. I knew that. Um, next episode is our finale. And for our finale, we will be kind of going over a very brief recap of every episode this season, uh, making any corrections that we need to make, and also determining who is the overall winner this season. And yeah, so stay tuned to find out who wins the e-tickets, Walt Disney World or Disneyland Resort. And with that, smash that subscribe button, hit the bell icon, <laughs> give us stars, <laughs> subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, tell your friends, tell your enemies, and don't tell them if they're a friend or an enemy. So so here's here's something. Tell your friends about Soarin' Over California, but tell your enemies about <laughs> Soarin' Around the World. Oh, oh, Allie. Oh, I kind of like that, but it's a little evil. <laughs> I am in apparently a savage mood tonight. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Well, I think we should just head out before Allie's computer black screens on us again. So with that, yeah. we'll see you all next time. Bye.